Hey church, glad you could join us. Today we're going to be hearing from Ian and Nathaniel Sharp. They have a heart to see the local church connect with the larger church. They also have a passion for youth, which makes them totally awesome in my books. Last year they partnered with our youth ministry and helped shape the vision of our summer crew program, which was a total blessing. So let's really press in to hear what they have to share with us today. Hello, my name is Ian Sharp. And my name is Nathania. And uh, we have been going to KGF for the last eight years. And uh, we would, were asked to, uh, to speak today um, on this passage in uh, uh, Philippians chapter 1, 6 through 11, uh, a chapter which just talks about being partners in affection. And we wanted to come and, and just encourage you today uh, as you are living your lives. Um, as you may know, we have three children, uh, Tristan, Kira, and Emily. And um, I am actually a teacher at Kelowna uh, Christian School and a high school teacher, math and science. And I work for a charity called Child of Mine, and we partner with churches, schools, businesses, and people with two children's homes in India. So we've asked our kids actually today to read the scripture, and uh, so... Go ahead, kids. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 to 11. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that you love and may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Hey kids, I'm actually a math and science teacher, as you know, and I absolutely love machines and I love science. And one of my favorite machines that I love is called the Goldberg machine. And you may have actually seen it. It's often just used in Disney films. And what it usually involves is a ball which rolls down a track and then it will trigger, um, you know, some other device like a spring or uh, uh, maybe another ball or, or a boot or uh, some hook. And, and then the, it just kind of continues a chain reaction, everything sort of bumping into the next thing until finally, you know, some last thing happens where, you know, an egg is cooked or toast is made or maybe just another ball is, is hit and moved. Uh, but the Goldberg machine is made of many different parts in order to achieve a single purpose. If you're still unclear about what a Goldberg machine is, you can just ask your hub leader or even just look it up with Google. Um, but what we would like to do today is we want to use the Goldberg machine to kind of describe what the church is and what it means to be a part of the church. So if you uh, can draw a Goldberg machine, or if you want to get your Lego or other part toys together and to create a Goldberg machine, that'd be fantastic. And take a picture, send it in uh, to the church, and we'll have a look at those wonderful ideas and, and, and contraptions that you build at your house uh, of the Goldberg machine. 
So Ian and I would like to start our time together today for the message um, with the question, does my faith make a difference? So each one of us has a tiny little life, just a little life, and um, oftentimes we can think that you know, our tiny little life with its mundane parts and all of those things that come together, um, you know, does it really make a difference in terms of how I live my faith? In fact, we're all really just the same. We're all going through that sort of little life. We all are born and we all die. And in that short space where we are alive, we all struggle with that same question. Does my faith really make a difference? And many of our days are really quite mundane. Uh, we wake up, we may feed the dog, we brush out our daughter's hair and make some coffee. We work or parent or go to school and our patience is tried. And after a long day, we'll drive home, wave at the neighbor and cook another deal, another, another dinner. Simply put, the majority of our days are predictable and filled with very small moments. But how could things be different if instead of seeing our small moments as mundane and meaningless, we truly believed that our actions, no matter how small, could be filled with great love and great purpose. How could things be different if we fought to see the beauty in these moments, knowing that God has a plan for our life? Yes, the pain and modernity that we experience can be aggressive and discourage us, but I encourage you to always remember that God is steadfast and God is great, even in the simplicity and struggle that we find ourselves in. Obedience to him becomes a signpost, encouraging and showing others who he is. And so we just want to go through uh, Philippians chapter 1, uh, 6 through 11. We're just going to go verse by verse or verse by every two verses and just kind of hash out some of the answers that this scripture is telling us to answer this question. Does my faith make a difference. And so the first one here, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it states, being confident of this, so Paul is writing, um, and, and, and it, someone who, who is experiencing great persecution, and the church is great persecution, uh, particularly in this time, and uh, he is writing and saying, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And one of the first answers we can say is your faith actually uh, matters as it testifies to God's work. Your faith is a living expression of the gospel, and that will not fail. The work that God has started in you, he will complete. And so even though it doesn't sort of make sense, or you might say, I don't even know, it just seems like the whole thing's falling apart, you can be confident in the fact that it's God's work ultimately in the end. It's not your work. And so that's why it ultimately is making the difference, even if you can't see the difference uh, or you don't end up living long enough to see the difference. It's God's work, and he has got the whole thing in his hands. Philippians 1 verse 7 says, It is right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. So answer number two here, your faith uh, matters as it connects others to God's work. And so just like the Goldberg machine where each part triggers the next part, you may not actually know uh, how your role fits into the whole big picture, but it's super important for the parts that are around you. And um, it ends up engaging the next part, if you will. So Nathania and I being married, we're, we're right next to each other on this 
in this church, if you will, and we encourage each other, but also um, engage each other in God's work in the way that God has uniquely equipped me to be me and for her to be her and, um, and, and, and to play in that part. So in other words, the, the big thing too here is that when I see Nathaniel engage in God's work, I actually get super encouraged because I see that God is doing something um, bigger than just me. It's me and her and, and you. And each one of us, when we play our parts, are actually encouraging one another and engaging one another in God's work. So with that, we'd like to actually introduce to you a friend of ours, Rachel Erickson, who's going to be speaking about how God um, how uses other people to encourage her in the work that uh, she is to be engaged in. Hi, my name's Rachel. Uh, I just want to share a little story with you. I was um, recently at work um, at a new job and a coworker who is a longtime friend sat down with me at lunch hour um, and she just asked me how I was doing and what was going on in my life and then she shared with me about a group of women that she gets together with um, and they talk about our father and they study the Bible and they pray together and I kind of brushed it off at the moment and I was kind of thought oh that sounds lovely but you know COVID I've just kind of given up on that we just watch TV every Sunday um, and get our church there and that's good enough for me um, but when I really thought about it I realized that I was really missing um, that connection. So I reached out to that friend and I asked if maybe I could connect with that group of people, but um, due to number of limitations, that just wasn't going to work out. Um, and then, you know, I kind of sat and thought about it for a bit and I realized I know several other women who want to connect and want to seek um, a deeper relationship with God again. I just took a deep breath that day and instead of waiting for someone to invite me to a group, I called up my um, small group of um, close people and said, let's do this. Let's get together. Let's study the word. Let's, let's see God together. Um, and then as we did some planning and we had our first um, little uh, meeting, I realized that this was just... This was just a connection that I had been missing so much and I didn't even know that I was missing it. You know, I went through all the steps of, um, you know, doing my COVID church and taking care of my family and I have connections at work. I have people to talk to. It's not that I'm isolated, but it, I still needed this deeper um, connection and this time of seeking and praying corporately um, that I just wasn't getting during this time. And so we have this small group of um, ladies that um, I'm gonna call just my, my heart group. Um, we labeled ourselves walking together because that's what we're doing. And um, it was just a simple step. And I kind of wrote it off for the last year thinking I didn't really need it but I did, and it's made such a big difference. 
So that trickle from um, one person asking at lunch hour, you know, how are you doing? How are you seeking God? And um, the, the ripple effect of that was um, that I reached out to others and now there are several of us that are connected. And so I just encourage you to do the same. If you're feeling like you need a group, um, don't wait for someone to invite you. Just go and make one for yourself. Um, it's amazing. And um, yeah, I just wish you the best. Philippians 1 verse 8 God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Your faith makes a difference because it encourages others to keep going in God's work. As we saw a little bit with uh, Rachel's story, when we look around us, people's work matters because it, it inspires us, it engages us, uh, it keeps us um, moving together. And it actually operates like a glue. It brings us together um, under God. And so we become a community of followers and um, the great communion of the saints. And so just like the Goldberg machine, we begin to work together uh, for the greater purpose of what God has set out to do, which is to redeem the world, to save um, mankind, to save uh, the world and to redeem it. And we are called into such a beautiful work. And uh, so as we are doing our work, we look around one another and we are just should be just super encouraged. I know that I am. And as Rachel has shared, she is. Um, and so Paul is writing to that too. In the midst of his uh, afflictions and sufferings, he remembers the church and he's saying, how beautiful you are to me, how you testify to God's goodness and work. I love the tenderness of verse 8 here as Paul is speaking to his brothers and sisters and he says, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Those are such powerful words. To me, they speak of how the human heart just longs and yearns to walk in partnership with other believers and to see Christ brought to life in their life. We were created to walk together and to be encouraged by one another in our faith and in our lives. If we see ourselves as the hands and the feet of Jesus, the whole body of Christ working together, how sweet are even the smallest acts of kindness towards us. We wanted to introduce to you Heidi Gladman. She has been working in Bolivia for the last 16 years, and I had the pleasure of actually going down there about six years ago and watching her, and she's been such an encouragement to me and so many others. But we wanted her to share with you what actually encourages her and the small acts uh, from the church that have been so dear to her heart. Hi there. I've been asked by um, Ian and Nathania to share a little bit of a time um, that I've been encouraged for the last um, just over 16 years, I was living overseas in South America doing missions work. Um, and now I'm transitioning on to a new field. But over the years, probably the times that I have felt most encouraged and um, surprised by encouragement have been the smallest of things. Um, there's always like the, the big things that come, um, a visit and um, from people overseas or a gift that came unexpectedly um, and those are encouragement but I think the times that my heart has felt the most loved and appreciated 
um, and surprised by, by my Heavenly Father have been the little things when out of the blue somebody has dropped off at the door um, a bag of lemons or um, someone came by and just dropped off some hand-picked flowers or somebody wrote a note saying, hey, I just thought of you today. Um, um, and those have come from overseas and they have come from from locals as well, from the members of our of our community. Um, and those are the times that that I think, because they've been unexpected times, the times that you're just sitting there going, living normally, and God drops um, a God moment on you and says, I'm thinking of you and I love you. Um, so those, yeah, those are the times that I felt the most encouraged is just the unexpected little things. Um, because when the big things come, you expect people to say something is just normal. The little times when you're just living life Normally, you're just doing your normal things and God drops off a little smile for you. So that those, those are the times. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Answer number four. Your faith makes a difference because it transforms you and God's creation into what he meant it to be. You know, if you really think about it, all knowledge is given to us as a gift, since we have to be alive in order to acquire it. And yet knowledge is not meant to just be acquired for its own sake. It's not meant to be something that I sort of say, look how smart I am, look what I know. It's not something that I'm supposed to use in order to have power over someone else. That's a distorted use of power. But instead, we are to use knowledge for love's sake. For example, I would like to know more about you, not so that I could use it against you or to manipulate you with it, but so that I may serve you. I want to know more about nature and God, and not so that I can, you know, you, you figure out how to manipulate or coerce the, the environment in which I live in, but so that I can care for it. Knowledge um, is to be used for the sake of love. And so as God gives us knowledge in his love, we go and use the knowledge for love. And by doing so, we transform ourselves and we transform God's creation. He is, that is the work that God has called us to. Philippians 1, verse 10 and 11 say, So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So answer five, your faith matters because it testifies to who God is and what he's up to. So in other words, our faith does not point to us and our goodness, Rather, to God. When our lives re reflect God's nature, they become like signposts. They point others and ourselves to God. We become image bearers. In John 15, 4, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Um, I was reading a little excerpt about this passage, and I loved the way the author described it. He so simply said, 
A grapevine is that from which the branches receive the life-giving nourishment of water and nutrients. Only as the branch is attached to the vine can grapes come forth from the branch. They, being the branches, being us, do not produce fruit on their own. They merely display it. So let's look to God for our nourishment and give him praise throughout the small, mundane, and even beautiful moments that make up our life. Let's live in honesty, in kindness, in humility, and with great love for ourselves and for others, so that through all that we do, God will be glorified and that his love will be experienced by the people that we bump into every day. Only your child may know the way that you care for them when they're sick or when they're afraid. And only you may know the patience and grace you showed to that bad driver because you didn't know what burdens they were carrying. Only your neighbor may know how you looked up as you walked past and actually said hello. Only your wife or husband might see you clear the table. Only your friend might know how you saw their quiet tears and took time to hear their heart. But how beautiful do each of these simple moments become when we take time to notice them as very important bits and blessings that come to life because of God's immense story of love for his people. We have the opportunity to live that love and to share it with those around us. We all long to know God's love and what a true joy it is that he has called us to be his hands and his feet to share his love with those around us. So our hope today was to remind all of us that what we do matters, even when those little, they're just little tiny things that we do, and that God is equipping us with his knowledge and love in order to be able to do those things. And that is a work that is his work, and it's an important work, and he really does care about the three feet around us. So let us remember that the, that the, the world, the little world, our world is a world that ripples out into humanity and it is great and beautiful not because of us but because of God and we are not meant to see all the ripples go out we just see those in our three feet in our lifetime but God is using you and he is using the very space that you have been called to so as I say to my class as I say to the teachers and my friends pay attention to all the little moments, for they are gifts, and be encouraged because you are being used in them. So, to quote a very lovely song by J.J. Heller, everything is sacred. That means sacred means points to God. Everything is sacred when you take time to notice. Big love happens in the small moments. We'd like to actually leave you with a poem, a, a favorite poem for us. It's, it's um, A Step Along the Way by Oscar Romero. And uh, Nathania, if you would, uh, she's going to read it for us. And, um, and we'll leave you on that. And I think that there's a question at the end of this service, which is, um, how is your faith making a difference? And maybe the challenge that we want to leave you with is, reframe some of the areas that maybe those are acts of faith that God has called you into, are moments where God has called you into, 
and um, reframe them as, hey, those are really sacred moments. That's a sacred calling that I have. And maybe there are also areas that you're being challenged into and invited into um, that are not easy necessarily to go into. But remember that that's God's work that you're stepping into, and he will complete what he started. So we love you, church, and um, we're so excited when we can be back together again, but we wanted to encourage you. Take care. A Step Along the Way by Oscar Romero. It helps now and then to step back and take a long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is even beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete, which is a way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. This is what we are about. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything. There is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it's a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and to do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders, ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. Amen.